0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
1: Hello, and welcome to Unfiltered. My name is Ollie Dugmore. My guest today, at one point in his life, was probably best known for being the son of an 80s music icon. But that was then, and this is now. Today, he's an accomplished presenter and mental health campaigner. After seven years helming the Capital FM breakfast show, he was recently announced as the One Show's new co-host. It was at Capital that he met his best friend and producer, Joe Lyons, who tragically took his own life in 2020. Since then, my guest's mental health campaigning has seen him open up about his own experience with depression, revealing that he too once found himself considering the devastating decision to end his own. His recently released documentary, The Fight for Young Lives, is his second exploring mental health and dives deeper into how the issue is approached by schools, the NHS and government. My guest today is Roman Kemp.
2: Hello, thanks for having me. How's what tricks? an introduction. Is it okay? Yeah, it was very good, very formal. Yeah, well, that's me. Mr. Yeah, formal. yeah, yeah. No, that was <laughs> nice. It was really nice. Um, not awkward? You no, know, not at all. I, I was surprised. I, I love that you refer to my dad as an 80s. And that's <laughs> that's nice because keep him in his box.
1: Yeah, keep him there. Stay there. Keep him there. That was um, your time. Now it's my time.
2: Yeah. Although he'll still say it's still his time.
1: Do you think? Yeah, it's always his
2: time. <laughs> like, that is the one thing that, like, it's uh, it's quite a comfortable knowledge to know that I'll never be able to reach his status of national treasure because he does it in a different way. Like there's one thing being what he would deem a national treasure, mm. and then there's another thing being that good looking as well as it. <laughs> and that's you're not annoying. too bad yourself, nah, mate. But that's annoying. With like problems. like he's 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 got it. Yeah, right? and because also he had all the he had all of the the girls that were like mad for Spandau Ballet back in the day Mm -hmm. and that's a different breed of person yeah do you know what I mean but you've had like you know Niall Horan or whatever on this podcast like you know the One Direction types of insane like you know it's insane insane yeah that's Uh, the only reason you got him on here 100% he's the most boring man alive why else would you I was trying to steal a bit of his fan club a bit
1: of his fandom yeah I wanted that I wanted that Um, so they're not queuing up outside global after your breakfast show no screaming no signs none of that
2: no, Um maybe one day, it's, man. It's you know what? It is strange. It, it is strange. Like and, I, and to tell you, like you know, I say it in the in the new documentary. My my world is far different to to what my dad has or what he had. Like mm. you know, now I, I, you know, after I did, I'm a celeb. Uh, like in 2019, I had like this kind of time period of about a year. Well, why not even? Because I had uh, you know I had COVID. Everyone had COVID, right? Mm. And so so we couldn't go out. And then it was this time period of, like, you know, people coming out to you asking for selfies a lot and there was that thing. But then after, you know, I released the first documentary about Joe, then it just switched and people don't come up to me for selfies. They come up to me, you know, telling me about how they, they want to take their own life or they want to, you know, sorry to make it dark at the beginning, but like Let's go there. That's, that's what happens now. And I said it in the thing. I was like, you feel like you're just like kind of some sort of like suicide boy poster mm. thing for it. And sometimes you just want to say, I'm not, I, I, I find it really difficult because sometimes when people come up to me, I, I want to just say to them, look, I, I, I can't help you. Yeah, I'm not a doctor. Like, do you know what I mean? Or a psychotherapist or anything like that. And also you're terrified to say the wrong thing. So it, it's, um, yeah, in, in short, my, my experience of, of fame, as it were, very different to my dad. We'll obviously
1: get into all of the um, substantive issues around yeah. mental health, um, over the course of the episode and so I don't want people to get the wrong impression I'm going to be like and so how does that make you feel because obviously you're the most important person in all of this but no, just, no, no. Uh, whilst you're saying that so yeah. it obviously must take a toll right to have people coming up and sharing these really deep harrowing things with you and also as well an added thing on top of that the powerlessness you've just described So sometimes being able to be like I can't help you man
2: Yeah, yeah I mean it's really hard because it's a double edged sword You'll have some people listening to this, and maybe it's you listening to it right now, and you might be thinking, "So what? What? What do you mean? You 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 put yourself out there. If you put yourself out there, you have got to expect people to come up to you. Mm. You can't you can't you know you've got to have, you got have can't have your cake and eat it like that. Do you know what I mean? It's like, but I and I understand that. But then they also have to understand those people have to understand that it's really hard for when something traumatic hits you that you feel like oh you should help the cause a little bit." But then you do, with, with a topic like that, it's so easy to bite off more than you can chew. Mm. And I kind of did that a little bit. I didn't realize how much that first documentary and how much the story would affect people. You know, I was doing that selfishly for myself, but I didn't realize how much it would affect people. And then, you know, once I was in it, I thought, well, wow, can I swear on this podcast? Of I, was, I was like, fuck it. Like, you know, let's keep going. Mm. You know, like, and, and so, yes, it's, it's annoying. In in the worst in the worst sentence possible, mm. it is because and it's not annoying because I don't care about you. It's annoying because shit. I'm like I'm I'm not just having to deal with you know grief on my own stuff. I had it the other night, like you know, and and it was all I could think about for the rest of the day. Uh, I had it and I was on it. I was in a, a, a like a, a an event and like a dinner, like a nice dinner, and it was celebrating like a really nice cause. And then some a chap came up to me and he said, oh. Uh, my son tried to kill himself last week. W- what do I say to my wife? I- I- and I don't know what to do. And I froze, like, quite a lot because I was just thinking, well, like, I don't know. Yeah. And like, I almost kind of feel like, how do I exit this conversation nicely? Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who... And I get it. I get why he would come up to me, but, but at the same time... Yeah, it's no, like, for sure. Shit. But most
1: people don't know the answer to that question, right? Like, there's no. actually a very select few. And, and actually, also importantly... Even someone who was trained to deal with that situation, if they didn't know the bloke, if they didn't know his wife, and they didn't know his son, what do I say in that situation? I can never tell you what to say in that situation. I think it's also, uh, this is going to be, I'm sure, what we will talk about, but I we might as well just start talking about it now. One of the things that frustrates me most about the mental health conversation is that we're sort of told that it's beholden on ourselves to sort it out. It's like individualized. So it might be whether that's, you know... um, your, your brain chemistry is different. You've got, you don't have enough serotonin and you know yeah, that's, yeah. that's up to you and, you and your brain's off and so what are you going to do about it? Or why don't you individually talk to someone about it? And I, that for me misses the, gino- the broader picture, the huge picture, which is what are the systemic structural things that are forcing you into a position where you feel that way? So for example, you, know, you mentioned that guy's son. He's probably a young man, right? Yeah. Uh, let's say he's a teenager or he's in his 20s or whatever. Does he own his own house? Does he feel secure in his job? Mm. Does he have a healthy relationship? Does he have a viable social life? All of those things that are not solely his responsibility. Like obviously he can get a job and he can try yeah, and do well. But yeah. but if but if the society that he lives in does not take care of him, why is it on him to fix up the problems that are in his head that are probably caused on a much broader scale than that of the individual?
2: Course, of course. But then that's a that's a that's an intervention problem. Mm. And you know, and that's and that's still at the stage of intervention. And that's why it's like it's hard because my campaign or like, you know, the, what I'm pushing for is not even focusing on intervention because unfortunately I feel like that system that we have there has already failed. Mm. The, I don't know how old, how old are you? 30. 30. We're the same age, right? Like you and I have grown up in a system, even though we're still quite young, you and I have grown up in a system that it doesn't really care for mental health. And so we're going to have to figure this out on our own mm. a little bit. Like, like, you know, whether or not I come to you and ask you for help or you are someone and I go through a friend or whatever, at our age, it's already too late, right? And I believe that for anyone right now over the age of 16, if I'm totally honest, oh. right? Because I think if you are out of that initial school system and you haven't learned how to understand these terrible thoughts that you have, it is a little bit too late and you're going to be on your own. And that's what you have to understand. And, and what I mean by that is you're going to be on your own in terms of the battle And you can have friends and you can have people that can be there for you. And you're going to have to learn coping mechanisms on your own. That's if you don't have access to a therapist or you most uh, people don't medication of 90% of the country do not like, uh, and, and that's why the, the, the push for me was so much in terms of prevention, right? Suicide is in three States, Uh, prevention, intervention, and postvention. And if you get in early as possible, man, like it's the same, it's it's, it's the same analogy, but it works every time. if I said to you next week you're going to go and fight Tyson Fury you would say to me I've never had a boxing life and boxing lesson in my life how can I get lessons I'm saying
1: I'm leaving the country as well Yeah I'm but, but precisely
2: <laughs> right but but we know as adults now like you know it doesn't matter if it lasts 5 minutes or or a year we know that at some stage of our life we're going to come up against anxiety we know we're going to come up against depression we know we're going to come up one in 4 men come up against uh, suicidal thoughts if we know those thoughts are coming we have to understand how to deal with them, mm. and the best way to do that is to understand how to deal with them as early as possible. So that's why, you know, the, the mental health support teams uh, in schools is is what the biggest push has to be. Yeah, so you
1: think it's in schools, early, early, early? We're talking sort of primary, primary school, as early as possible. Right, as early really. as
2: possible. And and what I mean by that is, it, and that's not a lesson, by the way. It's, mm. That that isn't. Um, oh, we should have a lesson in the curriculum, like PSHE or whatever. Yeah, I mean they can teach it more in PSHE, which, which is great. I heard the other day that that my Doc, the first documentary just got added to the PSHE curriculum, which is mental. Um, cool. uh, and But the, the, the what a mental health support team does is that it's just someone there to, to help alleviate the pressure um, from the pupils, to help alleviate the pressure from the parents and from the teachers. Because a lot of the time the teachers are being targeted and I was one of those people. I was like, why aren't the teachers helping them? Why aren't the teachers doing this? but then look at it the way that i just said to you about this this lad that's come up to me uh, you know imagine you're a teacher and a pupil comes up to you at the age of 11 right which is how young it is yeah right a pupil comes up to you at the age of 11 and says miss or sir i don't want to be here anymore i want i want to kill myself what does that teacher do yeah like and and they've got no training in that they're so afraid that the next thing they say or any form of advice they can't say it yeah. there's a lot of you know, believe it or not, most of this country, the, the kids are from hard backgrounds that that don't have someone at home that they can talk to. And so where do they go?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And 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 what you're doing is is by putting these teams in there, you're giving a, a an outlet and, and someone that can listen to the pupil. And just tell them, okay, you're thinking like this, but what if we try and do this to help, you know, help your thought process change a little bit? You know, you've got this in life that that you can be hopeful for. It's giving them back that, you know, that feeling that life is worth living. And that's what these mental health support teams do. It's just someone in their school they can go and chat to. And these people change lives. That's what they do. It's the same with youth centers. Mm -hmm. You know, youth centers, there's a massive problem in this country where we're closing them down and we're closing them down because we don't want to give them the funding we don't think they're proper but we're not looking at what they actually do they're not just a place where kids can go and eat pizza and go and play football indoors youth workers are incredible people that listen to kids because again it's like there are so many kids and whether or not that's there's so many kids de- dealing with trauma mm.
1: and
2: and it's that trauma that happens at that early age that ma- uh, manufactures itself into that manifests itself into suicide attempts later on in life. And and that's something that has to be addressed, whether or not that's, you know, sexual abuse, physical abuse for a child, mental, uh, you know, and emotional abuse, you know, grief or losing someone. It can have huge knock-on effects. So, you know, having someone in there that can listen is just so, so important.
1: And I think crucially as well, uh, it's someone who's, not necessarily an authority figure like a parent or a Course. teacher, right? It's someone yeah. who you can speak to on a level yeah. that you're not worried about, you know, you say something and you're going to get in trouble as a result of saying it.
2: 100%, 100%. You know, there's always, there's always that. And, and I just think that for me, it's a no-brainer. Like for me, it's a no-brainer. And then when I saw that, you know, that when you look at the, the results that these teams you know, show in terms of um, pupils at school, their, their happiness levels and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, asks for, for help, et cetera. They, the, the, the results on them are so good in terms of what, what they've done. And yet you have the people in power and they say, yeah, cool, we'll put them in 36% of schools in the country. I'm like, well, why? What's the point? And then they go, oh, well, our target now, yeah. so the target is 50%. And then you're like, "Why well, what about the other half? But it's a, but it's a target. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, like It's not like, if you said to me, my target is 100%, well, I'm getting there, but I've landed on 70%. I'd say to you, great, keep going. Mm. Like, well done. Like, There's no time frame on it, but just keep going. But the fact that you can't even give a target, you can't even say, look, we're going to try. Mm. It's like, like again, like, imagine we were at school, yeah? And, and the teacher goes, what do you want to get in this exam? And you go, 50. Yeah. D? I don't think they'd be that happy about it. No! <laughs> what society is that? Yeah. So, like, man, it's, it's ludicrous to me. Like, mm. it, it actually... Like, even if they say it's about budget, fine. Just say it's 100% and then look to be walking working towards it. Have you had much interaction with
1: the kind of um political class, as it were, as yeah. a result of being a, a campaigner in this space? And if so, what's that been like?
2: Uh, yeah, it's difficult, man, because, like, I never really thought I was a campaigner. Mm. I know, listen, I've just been rambling, but, like, I don't I don't classify myself as that person because I'm just like I'm a lot of the time I'm like what will be will be, Mm. right? And and you know, I get it. I feel like I'm not I I feel like it's not campaigning that I'm doing. I feel like it's just pointing out the obvious Mm. a little bit sometimes. When it comes to to the people in power, I know they hear it. I know they hear it. You know, there's there's been people that have had to go on TV and answer questions as to why they didn't answer me for so long or they're, you know you know, this isn't for me, this isn't about like whose parties, what, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's not, I honestly don't care. Mm-hmm. Whoever is in charge. Well, it's not party political, is it, mental health? No, not, but that's the thing that it's like, but, but what's difficult is sometimes within politics, they will try to make it like that. Mm. And, and that's where it gets lost. And that's where you hope that whoever is in power looks at it, you know, because everyone's looking for short-term gains. This is a long-term thing. Mm. It, it will take time and it's hard to get something across to people that are short term based that this is something that will take time but you know we've even done the maths for them for every 1 pound spent on it they get 1 pound 90 return because of the the set, the money that you save because how much is spent on postvention yep. for when people are fucked up mm-hmm. from what they've gone through yep you know what i mean and it's it's a no brainer for me. And as I say, like, I don't feel like I'm campaigning. I just feel like I'm talking sense. And tell me if I'm wrong,
1: please. <laughs> I will do. <laughs> yeah. Tell I me. think, um, I mean, that, that's something that's a problem that extends. It's not just mental health that, that that's a problem for, right? Really? It extends all sorts of issues that, because of the nature of our politics, electoral cycles, it's very short-termist, it's like, am I going to get a result on this in five years? You know, will, this, will this work for me when I want to stand for re-election? Not yeah. something you know, as systemic or structural as, for example, resolving a mental health crisis. You're never oh. going to be able to fix that you know, in the time it takes them to get around to it. Man,
2: I was Long-term. devastated. They, they, you know, they, they dropped the Mental Health Act, no change to it. That was that came yeah. out yesterday. Absolutely, yeah. Not well, from the time we're recording this, it came out yesterday. Yeah, yeah, in, the the, speech, yeah. in the King's speech. In the King's the, speech, no mention mm-hmm. and just move on. That's like some dinosaur shit.
1: Yeah, because that, That's in there. Yeah,
2: like you know, we're always learning new stuff. You mm-hmm. can't have the same. It create it again, like it. Def, I defies logic in my brain, and I am yet to see someone come forward and tell me why that's the case. I think
1: you're completely right. You know, it's it's the short it's the short termist side of things that speaks to as well. You know, for example, like the fossil fuel stuff that's in there. You know, um, expanding oil and gas again, so short termist. Um, I feel like this. Con- we've kind of gone, done the conversation the opposite way around. Yeah, talking No, no, I'm, I'm loving it. But I mean, you know, rather than talking about you, your journey, and I'd like to talk about Joe as well if we have time, we've gone straight to how do we fix this, what happened?
2: No, I know, I know, I know. Sorry. No, it's fine. No, it's I think it's because I've been talking about it so much. But it yeah. is. look, I mean, look, long story short, uh, it's in the documentary. In terms of <laughs> <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> watch the documentary. Watch the documentary because you'll see, like, you know, and I, it's a hard, and I've pointed this one to parents. Okay. It's a hard watch for parents but I want you to watch it because I want you to see how little help there is out there for your child. And that sounds messed up to say that. It's brutal. Yeah. But it's true. And then you tell me if you're happy with that. Mm. Watch the documentary and you tell me if you think that's good enough for your kid. I, I, I'm not a parent, but I can guarantee you say it's not.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let, let's talk about you as a kid then. Yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about your experience and, well, may, may i just sort of open the floor up to you, to be honest with you. I don't want to sort of probe and put a question No, on sorry, I'd I let chat you. so much waffle, sorry. You don't, not at all, not yeah. at all. So tell tell me about sort of your own um, sort of experiences with your mental health from, maybe from like a teenage teenage perspective
2: when you were younger. Man, I well, mine doesn't make any sense to a normal person because I grew up in the best household ever. Martin Kemp was my dad. Like, you know what I mean? Shirley Kemp was my my mum and like, you know, I, uh, I had the best family. I've well, I still have the best family. I, the, I had every Christmas present I ever wanted, and like went to a private school, and you know I wasn't shy. That, that was another thing as well. Is that people always say to me, "Oh, well, you must have been really shy, as could be really inward." No, I was I was very outward. I was mm. you know, uh, out loud and a bit ADD, and like just wanted to talk all the time which it sounds ridiculous because I was also at the early stages of understanding what depression was and depressive like episodes were. And I used to go through them all the time. And then when I was about 15, like it was really at a point where I remember my, my dad always, my dad never really used to understand it. Like you'd get it, but he's not really from a family that spoke openly about mental health, like at all, you know, really, he was from a lower class family, you know, North London, very post-war kind of family. And they never really spoke about it. So it was actually my mum who had gone through it with her dad and her older brother, um, who both, 100% like suffering from depression, massive thing. Everything was negative. Everything was, um, it was just a bad way to live your life. Mm. When you wake up, the only way I could describe it was like when you wake up, there was always a dark cloud. Even if it was a lovely sunny day, it's raining over you. Why should I be happy about that? Do mm. you know what I mean? I, I I was one of those people. And it wasn't just teenage angst. It was different to that.
1: That's an important distinction, I think, between because sometimes, you know, we talk about depression, anxiety, and and there's there is also like a full spectrum of human human emotions, right? Where yeah. there is just normal feelings of sadness and it's an important of course. It's not the same thing.
2: No, it's not the same thing, but but I think you know in your head when you you know, I would look at my sister and go, Go, oh, you're a happy person. She's like the happiest person ever. And I was like, and I always felt like I can, I can never get to that level. Mm. Why? You know, when you see other people and they're always happy mm. and you're like, how do I, I want to get there. You know, I, I, I want to be like that, and you realize that something holds you back. You know, there's almost something inside you where your friends are like, "Oh, you're so fun when you come out." It's because you've had a drink and you're relaxed, but like, there is something holding you back, and sometimes that can be from signs of depression or anxiety. Um, And in my case, it was both. And and so my mum, you know, took me to the doctor, and you know, the doctor said it might be a hormonal imbalance. And sometimes that's been poo-pooed, and people say, "Oh, there's no such thing as a hormonal imbalance." Well, I, I, me personally I don't care it's my body I feel like there is mm. you know like uh, uh, when I'm when I think about it you know after that I was prescribed antidepressants and I've never not taken them since I've been on them I've had several different ones because sometimes they don't work and mm. sometimes you need to switch and you know it's like, I get I get a lot of sticks sometimes for talking about antidepressants because or SRAs whatever SSRIs. They're called, SSRIs that's it yeah Thank you. They're, they 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 are so divisive because people are like, well, you're telling kids to take drugs. Listen, what you do with your child or what you do with your own body is your decision. Mm. I'm telling you, there is a drug that is available to me on the market that says it makes you feel better. And I don't care if it's sugar. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. And, and like... It makes me feel good. Uh, there's side effects. There's loads of side effects. You know, let's talk about them. There, you know, there's, uh, I took uh, the side effects. Of, I've had antidepressants in the past where it's killed your sex drive entirely. Mm. Like, like, and all of a sudden, you you know, you're with your partner at the time and you're going, you're going, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I don't, uh, you know, I don't feel like, mm-hmm. you know, having sex because I, I don't know what's going on. And then you realize it's the tablets and you you change. So there are side effects and you're finding out which one's best for you. So for me, that's my decision on them. I'm also in a very privileged position whereby I can go to a therapist. Mm. I'm not going to a therapist every week because I don't know if that's necessarily good for you. And a good therapist will tell you that. A good therapist will tell you, you know, I think we're done. Mm. I, think, I think have some time away and, and, um, and come back when, when you need it. And that's what I do. You know, I'll, I'll have episodes where, you know, last year I was introduced to PTSD out of nowhere. And that was horrible. Uh, all of a sudden I was having panic attacks, which I never had. And and it was like I needed a new form of therapy that I'd never had before. And and that's, you know, what I love as well is I get a lot of tweets that are like, you're fueling, you're fueling the agenda. The the you're fueling the agenda. The, you're a shill. The, yeah, the 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 mental health, you're you're making kids give you're giving kids an excuse. Mm. And you're giving people an excuse. You know, the more they talk about mental health, the more they believe they have it. Guess what? Fuck off. Firstly, <laughs> secondly, secondly, it's always been here. Yeah, my great my great grand was put in an asylum for for postnatal depression, and they probably said she was like hysterical or something. She, she was, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like like it's been around for, for forever. We just named it something else.
1: Yeah. So it, it's you know it's really interesting hearing you say that about um, SSRIs. I was looking. I've been looking for ages trying to do a story on. Um, the con- on the side effects PSSSD, because I, I spoke I to some people who mm. they'd experienced the side effects you described. Yeah. But then they stopped taking SSRIs yeah. and the side effects hung around for years yeah. at times. I don't want to delve too deeply into side effects because it's personal to you, etc. But I'm interested... No, in, it's fine. Go for it. I'm interested in also like how they actually make you feel in a, in a positive way. Because mm. I when I was doing the PSSD P-S-S-D, post-SSRI, sexual dysfunction is what that stands for. Yeah. Story. Or trying to do it anyway. I found myself immediately reaching for a oh my God, if this is what happens, my position is don't ever fucking take these pills. Yeah. Like, don't yeah, yeah, yeah. don't take them. And and it it's really easy it's from a position of relative privilege of being, I don't have depression. So I, yeah. it's very easy for me to say to someone don't take SSRIs.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah. There
1: always has to be a place for medication, I think, in this conversation. It's not just course. therapy. It's not just fix yourself. It's not just there are systemic structural issues. Yeah. If you're going to have a serious conversation about it, there has to be some role for medication. Of because sometimes, and this is what I'd like to talk about, they do make you feel better.
2: Oh my God. Like, they do. and But this is where I find it difficult because, look, I don't know the chemical side of it that much. I just know that after four days, you're feeling good. Yeah. Like, you wake up, you're, do you know what it is, yeah? is it, You ever have those days where you're like, oh man, I don't want to talk to this person. Yes. I, I just like, oh man, I can't be, but I, th- I don't want to go outside my house. I can't face people right now. Mm-hmm. It changes that and it, and it changes it into you have a nicer outlook on life where you, you want to, you don't mind engaging it. You're interested in someone's story. You know, I mean, I talk a lot for, anyway, but, but you know, it it, it is. It, it gives you that little bit of vavavoom, as the once great Thierry Henry said. You know, it, it's uh, it's something that I don't know. But that's why I say, it. even if someone told me today that the pills that I'm taking were sugar, as I say, and they were a complete placebo, yeah, right. Don't give a fuck. Yeah. So I, I why should I yeah, care? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and what about your
1: other emotions? Does it? Um, I've spoken to some people before who've said that. Can't really cry that much. Yes, that's what they say. It's like it dampens, yeah, it dampens the depression but it also dampens yeah. the other side of things.
2: Yeah, I find it hard to cry. Okay. Um, I mean, not if you watch the documentary, I cry a lot in that. Um but But that's, you know, that's that's heavy stuff. Yeah, of course. But I'm saying like, I find it really, yeah, I find it hard, crying's hard. Um, I feel maybe more desensitized right. to stuff and maybe that's the news and seeing that so much but it doesn't shock me as much as it once would. Um, I'd say, yeah, the, the sex thing was big, was really, really big. But I've changed that now. Mm. Um, we're firing on all cylinders. So pleased for you. Um, Congratulations. No, I just mean because it, like, I changed. I changed. To be honest, I changed onto a different drug because uh, of that. Yeah, and quite a lot of it turns out quite a lot of people have been doing the same into a new one. But but, but for me, it was like that. That was an issue. Um, but it was. What was it, it any? Fact with my doctor and a change, but it? that must have
1: again. I can only speak for myself, but like my conception of myself, mm. who I am as a man. I wouldn't say that, like, my sexuality is the foundational part of it, yeah, yeah, certainly a part of it. Of course, it
2: is. We're men, we're meant to meet,
1: and so to lose that, yeah. obviously, it, it then kind of becomes a, an additional part, right, of, of your depression. i not trying to put words in your mouth, but that, like, the idea of your sense of who you are as a man is now being affected additionally by this thing that was meant to make you better and that must be really difficult.
2: Fine. Let me be clear. From from, from my side, right, and there might be men out there and I'm sure there are, there are men that it completely annihilated it. Yeah. But don't get me wrong, like, still getting erections and you still like want to go and have sex. Mm. Like, it's not like, you doesn't get rid of it entirely. Yeah. It's just, it's, there'll be a lot more times that you, you have one of those days where I like you're I'm not too tired if you're with your partner yeah. and you're a little bit like oh babe I'm too tired like I, I need to go to sleep yeah. like it, it, that, that's you have more of those days right um, but uh, yes I, I understand that to an extent and it can cause issues it can cause massive issues for, for people that are within it but also again it's about okay if if that side of your life is that important to you it's choices, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, it's it's hard to get the balance right so that you can have all of these different things. You know, I'm lucky at the minute. Like, I've I've, I've got that balance right. You know, and I've found a medication that is right for me. And, you know, man, like, I, I've taken um, uh, fluoxetine in the past, which is another um, SSRI that I was told to come off of because it was then told that it increases suicidal thoughts, which you asked me, that sounds pretty dangerous. Like... Just a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit so, dangerous. So, you know... It does take. It's trial and error, yeah, and it is trial and error, and 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 that's at the. No, listen, the, the big farmer and the drug industry and all that type of stuff. They're they're gonna they're gonna be constantly changing anyway. Mm. You know, there's, there's gonna be a drug that the drug that I'm taking now, I'm not gonna be taking in five years, yeah, because they'll tell me the next one's better. Mm. And if it works for me, then I'll
1: carry on. That's the thing that yeah, that's a, another part of it that I really struggle with. You know, sort of from my political background and thinking about it in that big farmer sense, but and that's why I really struggle to say maybe not struggle, but. I do think there has to be a role for medication. It feels almost backwards because when I was younger, you know, you're, you're, when you're like fucking rock yeah, on rock on, on big yeah. pharma, man, yeah. yeah. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads
0: and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
1: Let's talk a little bit about uh, Joe, your friend. Yeah, of course. Tell me, tell me about him. What, what was he like?
2: Uh the best way for me to describe him um well the best way for me to let you understand just how like close we were is he is uh, well he was a Spurs fan it takes a lot for me to like a Spurs fan um and uh, yeah he was a big one yeah and um no it joe was um my first day that I went to capital I was you know I was just Martin, Martin Kemp's kid turning up to do a demo mm. They had seen. They had, Capital had seen me. I was doing like um, football stuff on YouTube, like out in the street, and like asking people on the street and blah blah. Like you know, yeah. and uh, I'm a lot tamer than what it is now, which is just like your speed, I show speed and all that. Yeah. Like they're wild, yeah. but like you know, it was a lot tamer. But but they had seen it, and um, they asked me to come in and do some stuff for their breakfast show. And the first day I went there, I met this lad who you know, good looking lad. Uh, a bit older than me, wore like almost like a John Watson coat. But I was like, I think I instantly said something about that. Yeah. And then uh, just, he, he did not want anything to do with me. Anything. Like, he, like. And hard to get. Oh, but he just, I knew what he thought in my head. Here's some rich kid coming in, like, oh, why am I doing this? Mm. Yeah, I'm working on Capital Breakfast. Why am I dealing with this kid? So and then uh, we you know we started working together and then all of a sudden this this opportunity came up to me to to do like a Sunday show, like a Sunday morning show. And then they they asked Joe and they were like, you know, Joe hadn't produced his own show. Mm. And he was like, Yeah, I'll do it. And again he hated me for about six weeks. And uh, and then but then it just kept blossoming and and you know, it, it turned into this relationship where he and I we never lived together, but I'd say we were together almost every day of the week. Mm. Um, and we we're just so close, man. Like, like you know, you, you you work together, you brainstorm ideas together, and you know, you you'd end up going out together, and sometimes you date the same people. Like, it's it's like it, you know, it was weird, man. But 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 we we were like brothers.
1: Mm. You know, and that was it. Saying it about dating as well, it reminds you of school, where it'd be like you break up with someone, and then the next week they're going out with your power, and it's like, oh yeah, that's absolutely fine.
2: <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It, it was like that, though. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, he, he and I had this relationship that was. Uh, you know, there's a lot of like, maybe there's a lot of uh, people like, there's a lot of girlfriends that might be listening to this, and like, if you if you have a fella that like he has his guy mate who's always texting.
0: Mm.
1: That was Joe That's who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously the stereotype is that, you know, as men, we don't talk about our emotions that much. Yeah. Um, was that the case with you two?
2: It's a tough one because the more I look back on it, the more I try to, try to think about how many of those conversations we had. I certainly know that I spoke about my emotions because that's just who I am. I've mm. always done that and I've always said that if I was struggling and I had moments where... I was really struggling, like, you know. I've spoken about this before. I've had times where I planned out how I was going to do it and all this stuff, and I was very open with Joe about that, um, you know. And he got me through those times when I was when I was really down, and he was always there for me, always. But with him, he was always so happy, always mm. like, but like fascinatingly happy. Like I remember the last time my 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 other best mate Matt um, I remember he dropped us off uh, we were dropping us off from football and we were, we had just played football Joe scored a hat trick even though he was shit at ball but like it, it, yeah uh, he scored a hat trick and then we got out of the car it, it, Joe got out of the car to go home this was the last time Matt saw him and he got out of the car and Matt looked at me and goes oh, he's one in a million isn't he and I was like what do you mean he goes he goes, it's just like a person that happy with life and just so easy going. And so it was that person that it was that person that made me so angry when he died because I felt like saying you fraud. I did. Mm. I felt like saying you fake fucker. You had all this going on. You had something going on. And yet the one you showed me was just the one you wanted to show me. Mm. Uh, do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, totally.
2: And it's like, and I couldn't get that hate out. Uh, and I really found it difficult to get rid of that. How did you? Time. And you never really do. Yeah. When I say that to you now, you still I still think that. Think that. Like, I, I, I still am fuming. Yeah. Like, listen, when I die and I see him again, I'm fucking hitting him. <laughs> Like, <laughs> it's going to be a scrap <laughs> oh, oh my god like, like oh boy is it going to be a scrap yeah like you prick like why man like
1: was that your first emotion Is that what yeah you, anger
0: oh
2: my god like and anyone that's dealt with suicide you you know what I'm saying because and and it, it's difficult because when you feel like that you're you're almost like you know and I tried to explain this in the first documentary when you go through like suicidal grief it's like you're told it's what they wanted. It was their decision. You know, um, it's unfair to say that it's um, selfish of them. Fuck that. Like, I'm sorry, but he can go fuck himself. Like, you can say sorry, that I'm well. saying swearing so much, no, but fine. like, it's he fine. can. And like, like, I'll go yeah. and tell him to his face. Mm. Like, all you did, man, is pass all of that shit onto me and your family and everyone else mm. so it's like you know uh, sorry I feel like I'm looking at you saying it as no, if, no, no, as no, if no. you're him no, but, no, but it is that and do you know what I even did therapy where where I, I did a type of therapy and it changed my life a little bit it really helped me and my therapist said to me she, it, was, it was unreal she she said right I want you to sit sit where you are and I want you to look at this empty seat and I was looking at this empty seat she says and Joe's sat there and I want you to tell him everything. I want you to have a conversation with him. And she goes, and how well do you know him? And I was like, I was like, well, I know him pretty well. And she goes, and then what I want you to do is after, after you've got up and after you've said, all you want to say is get up, sit in Joe's seat and talk to back to your seat as if you're him. All right. But it was amazing because I I knew what he would say. And you, I'm sure that you have mates that you you know the conversation. You yeah. know how the conversation is going to go. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I had it. And it really freed me a little bit. And she said it's a wild bit of therapy that sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But, but for me, it was insane. Would you share any of that conversation with us now? Yeah, of course. Well, one of the things, you know, I remember, and I say it in the, the documentary, the new one, I, I just wanted to hear him say I could stop. That I, I can... I've done it now. Do you know what I mean? Like, and and I wanted to hear him say I'm sorry. And I did from doing that. I I, I did, and, and you know, the other thing was was I felt like I I had this thing where I felt like I really, and it was always in the back of my head. I had to look after his family big time, and and that was that was playing in my head a lot. Like you know, I was starting to thinking, you know, in my head I was thinking, God the earnings for the rest of my life i want a percentage to go to this and you know Mm. what i mean just keep them sweet and all this type of stuff and you know realistically i I don't have to do that like and uh, and i'm not doing that I, i do my work through the charity and we help through that way and i needed to hear him say that i could let that go you know and and i did and i and i sat in his seat and i looked at me and i said mate i'm so sorry you know you you you're doing great stuff and and you can leave me now. Like you can you can let it go. And it was madness, but it was a great bit of therapy. Mm. Yeah. But I bet it was. I don't want to um
1: it's impossible to speculate, right? And and sort of the like why he didn't talk to you before. Yeah. Right? Uh, but <sighs> I kind of want to probe that a little bit. If mm. if you know, is it sort of external pressure to to not uh, you know, be the, the soft guy that wants to talk about his emotions? Is it is it that he didn't
2: feel confident enough to? I mean, I think... I think the, the hardest part for me to understand... Well, no, the hardest part for me to deal with is the fact that I think empathy has a lot to do with it in the sense of he was so empathetic towards other people that he didn't want to come across as uh, needy, right? Or... Wanted to deal with this. Maybe a bit too to be a stubborn. Burden. Maybe a bit too stubborn. Mm. Maybe a bit too proud. Um, yeah, a little bit. Uh, I think it's a million dollar question that that every and what you realise is that every suicide is different to the next. Yep. Every single one. And and you know and people always say to me, you know, what what should I say? And I, I don't know because situations are different. Yep. What, what I always know is it's always the people that you least expect. And, and that's why it was like for him, for Joe, I, I don't know. I think, you know, that's why, you know, with his dad and with Lou, his sister, we started using, you know, started, well, they, they created Joe's Buddy Line, which goes into schools and, and helps provide a mental health expert within the schools and helps, you know, teach the schools what we can do to get, better at, uh, get a little bit better at talking. Because we don't know. Maybe maybe did Joe feel like he needed someone when he was at school? Did he need someone when he was at work? Maybe he was a really hard working guy. He he took pressures, I think, a lot. You know, I mm. think he took he took money pressures quite seriously. He took he took um he was never happy with himself, like in the sense of like, um, you know, he, he was he was happy in that he would always want to better himself, is what I'm trying to get at. It was always there was always the next step, the next there was there was always a master plan. And I think a lot of the time, if I, was to, if I was to guess now why potentially he's done what he's done, I would probably side bigger towards the thing that a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of men, given the reason, is because they're not where they think they should be in their life at that time. Mm. And that's really sad. To me. Because who's to say where any of us should be? You know? Joe had this idea, I think, in his head of where he should be at his age. He was 33. He had an idea that he should be living in his own house. Maybe engaged. Have the car, have the job. And he had a few of those things, but he didn't have them all. Mm-hmm. You know, the reality is, you live in London, it's hard. You know, he's living with his sister, and, you know, all this stuff. thing. And... and that's what's really sad. Is because life can change like that, and for some reason he didn't see that.
1: I don't want to. I'm not saying that this is the case with him, but I feel like that some of that pressure. It's it's the toxic masculinity side of things, right? Of course, it's it that, is. It's that pressure to be the the provider that has breadwinner. Like you said, yeah, house, car, job, etc., and that I'm sure for a lot of people. That is part of the the picture. The picture, and again, it's never one reason, right? But it's it's part of it. But it's
0: part of it, but,
2: but, dude. Like this is the reason why I want people to know this: is this this problem that we have around mental health is is based upon suicide stats that that we see, right? Now, these suicide stats uh, around men they heavily outweigh the women, but if you were to look at attempted suicides, the women heavily outweigh the men, mm. right? And this isn't to do with cries for help i never believe in that saying of cry for help i i I genuinely don't i think i think if you're going to endanger yourself in in that sense you are you are on that line Mm. and it is not a good place to be and in that sense you know you look at it and you see the women heavily outweigh it you know and and there's different reasons that i won't go into that that mean that the completed suicides look so bad for men and not necessarily for women but what I'm trying to get at here is it, 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 it toxic masculinity, yes, plays a role within men, but also for women There's a lot of women that feel like they're not where they should be. maybe these are single mums, maybe these are mums that can't keep up with you know the needs of their children and they think they should have been a better mum and they they attempt suicide, and this is a nationwide problem that doesn't it, it's cross gender, and that's why this is about everyone mm-hmm. you know when you went in in the documentary, you go into parliament right, and you have a meeting
1: yeah. that involves um, MPs. Yeah. And you seem quite, uh, well, to be blunt, disillusioned uh, yeah. with, with that process. Could you tell me a bit more about that? It was like a comedy sketch. It was. <laughs> a deeply, yeah. It's like simultaneously deeply unfunny but also quite funny at the same but time.
2: yeah, like, it was though. Like Because I'll tell you why, right? It's like, again, like, and, and this isn't like... I don't know. People, people are so like quick to, if you talk on any form of like MP or anything like that, or like political party, they're like, oh, you're siding with this. I was like, no, nah, this is just like, I'm just telling you what happened. Like mm. we went into this, we went into a room, a tiny little room. And these kids in there are people who have attempted suicide. And they're as young as like 10 to 15. Like there's some really young kids in there and some older ones. And you know, they're, they're guardians and these kids are telling these MPs about their pressures in their lives and why you know we need as a government to be able to be in there for as early as possible and not just look at intervention it has to be prevention and i swear to god it was like it was like something out of the office like it was like all they cared about was they were like oh yes thank you for the suicide chat we've put out lovely sandwiches like please you know take them and then it's like oh should we get a picture oh hold up the sign don't kill yourself like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, but that's what it was like. That sounds quite funny, to be fair. And you know, you're just like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, these it's kids sort of are surreal. These kids are like putting their like stories to you. Just listen. Mm. Just listen. Stop thinking about whether or not someone's taking a picture of you. Like, mm. just listen for a second. And and you know, there's so many times where that happens. But that does happen in this world, and and that's sad. And it was, I think, it was just sad for me to see the reality mm. of it. Uh, and. You know, and there's MPs that come in and I'm told I'm not allowed to speak to them and it's all getting a bit strange. And so I just have to stand in silence and clap. You know, kids are crying in the corner whilst an MP's smiling, getting it was like insane. But mm. you know, it, it was really sad. It was really sad. And and it was a moment that you know, no kid should should have to go through that. And and that's why I feel like it was so much an important that's why I do feel like it's a it's a fight because, so far, the people in power, whoever that is, it hasn't. They haven't been doing what they should be doing.
1: You get the impression that it's almost it's a photo opportunity rather than you know, as demonstrated by the fact that it's not in oh, the king's dude, speech.
2: One hundred
1: percent, it's a photo opportunity. Yeah, to be uh, seen, to be speaking about it. Yeah. Oh my
2: god! Like, like, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Full stop. Yeah. Have you received any kind of sort of um you know, governmental, political response to to this? Like, is it, has there been any sort of positives you can point to that's not just, you know...
2: Um, no positives. Right. Um, uh, the... I, I obviously received a response um, uh, from the people in power when, when I wrote the letter. Mm. And that response was, yes, thank you. Um, we will go to 50%. And I'm just like... You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we will go to fifty percent, which is pathetic. Yeah. Uh, no other word for it. Like again, I go back to that thing that I said to you earlier. Do like, you think an examiner would be good with that? Mm. Like, uh, uh, I'm sorry, but if you're if you're guaranteeing me that 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 they're going to be in fifty percent schools by next year, then okay, that's a good start. And then let's work to the next one. But you're not even working towards a hundred percent. What's the point in even writing it? So, you know, and I go back to this thing I said before, like, genuinely, like, if that's the case, then my next question to them and they're yet to answer me is if you have two kids in front of you, how do you decide which one gets help? That's what you're saying. That's what they're saying. That's what they want to do. Mm. So let's ask them.
1: Going through what you've been through, learning what you have over the course of this process, how important are your male friendships, the ones that you have now, you?
2: Yeah. So important, man. Telling your friends that you love them is really important. Fuck yeah. And I, and I mean that. Yeah. And I, and I really mean that. Like, male friends. Mm. Like, you know, like, I, 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 I say it all the time like to, to my guy friends. Like, you know, like, and my best friends, they know it. Uh, and they are so important. I think it's hard because our our friendship group got rocked so badly by it that we know the fragility of it, mm. and you know we're 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 very up on each other, and and I think friendship is one of the most beautiful parts of life, you know, and and it's the same, you know, love is that, Lo- you know, friendship is love at the same time, It's is respect as well, and 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 w- having that with anyone is is so fantastic, you know, that's why I feel so sorry for so many people that are out in the uk and they're lonely you know they don't really have any friends and stuff like that and because you know in the first documentary i realized i wasn't making a documentary about suicide it was about friendship really that's that's what i was making and and Mm. how you can protect one another um
1: so yeah it's really important i can't emphasize that loving and saying it point enough my um one of my boys got married recently and i was obviously there yeah and in his speech he said um I want, to, I want to tell everyone in the room that I love them. Yeah. I, he said, I learned, learned this from Ollie. Say I love you to your friends because it's like it's such a powerful thing and when he said it, it's so moving to hear. Like yeah, yeah, you know, You know, like you've known for years and years and years. You know that's
2: how he feels. Yeah.
1: But it's like, you've never actually said
2: it. No, no, no. hundred percent, Fucking say it, you coward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's important, man. Yeah. You know, it's not just saved for your partner. I love you shouldn't be sent just to your partner. It's not just a romantic thing. No, yeah. no. Of course it's different when you say it to your partner but, you know, there's love can be in different ways.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, I guess just finally I'd ask you how you are now. Um, you really start a conversation with how are you, don't you? With yeah. Finishing it with how are you. Yeah,
2: but it's nice to, it's nice to finish it because uh, do you know what? Uh, at the minute I'm okay. I'm at a stage now where I'm in my head where I'm like oh, I might need a little bit of a break about talking mental health for a little bit. Maybe. I, I think I think I don't want to say it but I think that is my last documentary in mental health mm. um, as of right now in my head it is you know because it's a lot to, to take in I'm good at the minute my life gets dictated by Arsenal results up and down, yeah, up and down. More up than down recently. More up than down recently. Yes, 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 yes. But, but, like, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm good, man. How yes. are you?
1: Yeah, not too bad. Thank you for asking. I'm are well. you really?
2: Yeah, I'm okay. There you go. I am good. okay. I am okay. <laughs> Roman
1: Kemp, thank you so much for coming to me. Really bro. appreciate it. Cheers. Thank
2: you, man. I'll give you one of them because this hand's sweaty as fuck.
0: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Mm-hmm. Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at Have Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better?